Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Exchange podcast. This is Kristen Van Uden, the editor of Catholic Exchange. And today I'm very glad to be joined by Father Jeffrey Kirby, who is another Sophia Institute Press author. He has recently written a book entitled A Journey to Mount Carmel, a nine-day preparation for investiture in the brown scapular of Our Lady, where he walks us through a step-by-step guide of how to prepare our souls for this really beautiful devotion. Father, thank you for being here. Thank you, Christian. It's good to be on your show. Great. So before we get into the book, would you mind just giving our listeners a quick background of a little bit of your vocation story? What brought you even to the priesthood to begin with? And then what particularly drew you to Our Lady of Mount Carmel specifically and to this devotion? Yeah, so um, I've been Catholic my whole life, so cradle Catholic. And in the fourth grade, um, my mom was picking my sister and myself up from school. We were driving home and I remember thinking at that time which one of the little girls I was going to ask to be my girlfriend or something <laughs> and uh and all of a sudden I remember thinking oh well I'll just become a priest and I can love them all you know <laughs> and, uh, and where that came from I'm not sure I, I didn't go to a Catholic school um and you know religious formation was kind of spotty uh, early on in my life um my parents were you know busy with things and, and some. But I, I remember thinking that and it being so clear. Now I look back and I realized that, you know, the Holy Spirit was was fashioning my heart for, you know, the priesthood and for the charism of celibacy to understand mm-hmm. that, you know, celibacy is a call to love more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but went through life and, you know, went through school and, and was a normal kid and worried about all the normal things that teenagers are worried about. And went off to college, I went to Francisco University of Steubenville which was a really great experience or a strong formation in, in the faith and really thought I was going to go on to law school uh, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, wanted to, you know, go into human rights and, and, you know, kind of change the world for, for the better. And really while I was at Subo came to understand really depths and beauty of our faith and the different spiritualities was very much attracted to the Carmelite spirituality uh, I had started wearing a scapper since I was in high school. It's when I first heard about it uh, more in passing. But student was able to really appreciate what the scapper meant, the Carmelite spirituality, and really, really just our faith. And it was my time at Steubenville that helped me to deepen in my discipleship and eventually hear even more clearly a, a call to the priesthood and, and eventually accept the call. And then um, the rest, as we joke and say, is history. Yes. <laughs> That's great. And this is not your first book, correct? No, no. Thanks be to God. I've been able to write uh, several books. Uh, most of my books come from my experience as, as a pastor. So I'm, I'm, I'm a, a regular parish priest. So I interact with God's people in the trenches all the time. And mm-hmm. a lot of times my books are extensions of homily series or adult formation programs or inquiries from God's people. So this book on the scapular uh, I've always pushed the scapular, always encouraged it. And people eventually said, hey, Father, like, you know, there's all this preparation for the Marian consecration of St. Mm-hmm. Louis de Montfort. Should, shouldn't I do some type of preparation before I'm invested in the broad scapular? And, and that eventually gave rise to this book. But, but all my books, if people read, they'll find that they're very pastoral. And um, they, people can see that it comes from a pastor trying to address the spiritual and you know, uh, religious needs of his people. Right. 
Well, this particular devotion is one that I was not very familiar with until a couple of years ago. And I think people have some misconceptions about the scapular that they think that they're entering a third order or something when they take it on, or they think that it's something reserved only for a special group. But what I really discovered that this is a devotion for everyone. So who should wear the scapular? Is this something all Catholics should be doing? Yes, I would definitely say that. I would say any baptized Christian uh, should be wearing the scapular. So uh, while certainly uh, the scapular was entrusted to the Carmelite order of our church, and mm-hmm. and that order has a particular uh, possession of, of the devotion, uh, if they don't know about Carmelite spirituality, maybe they didn't even know there was a Carmel- Carmelite order. <laughs> yeah. But if they are baptized and consecrated to the Lord Jesus, and they want to show and be reminded of that baptism and, and that consecration, then the scapular is definitely for them. That's great. And can you tell us before we get into the investiture process, what are some of the wonderful promises that Our Lady gives to those who wear the scapular with devotion? Yeah, so the, the probably the most famous promise is that anyone who wears the scapular uh, will be granted eternal life. So they will they will basically not not go to hell, and and we have to be careful with promises in the spiritual life because what oftentimes we do is <laughs> we think oh a promise and, and we approach it like almost a business transaction. So I do this and then I get that. So very mercantile. Um, so I go to the store, I give money, I, I get a product. But in the spiritual life, promises are very different. A, a promise that is given to us by God is similar to if I'm wanting to learn how to play the piano. I get an instructor and my instructor says, now, if you practice every day, you'll become a good pianist. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how a promise of God works. So if we wear the scapular and we cooperate with the graces that are given to the scapular and that it represents, so through the grace of the sacraments, if we cooperate with that and we begin to not simply wear the scapular, but wear it and understand what it means and allow it to change us, then we know that we have the graces of eternal life. So that's probably the most famous promise. And then mm-hmm. there's also the promise called the Sabatine privilege, yeah. which means yeah. Our Lady says that anyone who dies uh, wearing the scapular and, in, and is in purgatory, that the first Saturday after their death, she will come and bring them uh, into heaven. So that's another promise associated. And, and, and Kristen, there are several other uh, promises, uh, less known, less popularized. Uh, the round scapular is one of the most blessed and indulged sacramentals of the church. Amazing. And especially as we're recording this on the Feast of All Souls, the Sabatine privilege is just such a comforting thought to keep in mind. Amen. Amen. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, we know that there are other scapulars, and I know this is a little bit outside of the scope of the book, but can you do? You, can you explain maybe the difference between the brown scapular and green scapulars that you'll see, or others that are meant to be left places? Yes, yes. So, um, uh, great point. There, there are other uh, scapulars in the in the spiritual tradition of the church, and, and what's unique about the brown scapular is the brown scapular you're usually invested once, and it's for life. Now, mm-hmm. a person can be devotionally reinvested, but it's a devotional practice. The other scapulars tend to be for occasions or particular needs. So, for example, the green scapular is for recovery of health or conversion. So some of our older Catholics might remember going into a Catholic home and there will be a picture on the wall. Uh, 
generation has left the faith. And so the scapular is put by their picture in order to bring them back. And then, of course, the person converts and the brain, the green scapular, you know, and then rotates to, to something else. Or a black scapular, which is the scapular of our Lord's passion, is worn during difficult times or times of great um, testing or difficulty. So, for example, I recommend a black scapular to people who are going through um, cancer treatment. Oh, okay. So through radiation or chemotherapy. But once that treatment is done, once the difficulty passes, then the brown scapular, the black, excuse me, the black scapular rotates uh, to something else. So, so the other scapulars tend to be very event or specific, event focused or very specific to an occasion or situation, whereas the brown scapular is worn for life and, and really just is a call to deeper discipleship. Right. And I've, I know I've heard so many amazing stories of people who even would be away from the faith for a while, but never stopped wearing their brown scapular with devotion. And then at the moment of their death, even seemingly through impossible situations such as accidents or being far from a priest or far from civilization, they are able to have this provided death, to have a priest present at their death to give them the final sacraments and um, to, you know, God willing, help them into heaven so did you have any when you were writing the book any examples of sort of miraculous deaths or or good deaths that were made by people who were greatly devoted to the brown scapular as you mentioned Kristen, there are thousands and thousands uh, of accounts of healings and returns to the returns returns to the faith or uh, deathbed conversions mm-hmm. or miraculous providing of, of the sacraments, uh, all of those surround the Brown Scapular. I, I will say, in terms of the book, uh, I didn't mention any of those uh, specific stories. What I did give accounts of were the early Carmelites, mm-hmm. so the hermits who were at Mount Carmel, then the early friars. Of course, the story of St. Simon Stock, who was the one who actually received the Brown Scapular from Our Lady. A lot of people may not realize that the Brown Scapular was actually given directly from Mary. Uh, to the Carmelite order, to to the Catholic Church. So I focused on some of the um, larger stories that affected the actual development of the scapular. But mm-hmm. anyone who would want to would want to go deeper could could easily Google or uh, find other accounts of again thousands and thousands of stories that that you're describing, where the brown scapulars brought someone back to the faith, or led them to a deathbed conversion, or restored them to health or or spiritual well being. Uh, I heard what story I read. I, I, I unfortunately couldn't get it in the book, but someone who was a complete hardened atheist hated the church, uh, and so on. And someone gave them the brown scapular, and they wore it because they thought it was jewelry or was, they thought it was cool. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like they what they look like spiritually, and, and and it scared literally the hell out of them. And they went. We're given a, a vision of, of what their soul actually was. Absolutely, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And then they they went quickly to the cat the local Catholic parish to to seek confession. So, so yeah, powerful stories. Yes, it makes really makes you think. Why would anyone not want to to wear this devotional and uh, to really throw themselves at the feet of Our Lady of Mount Carmel for these graces? Um, so let's get into a little bit this specific order that you give us for um, how to get our life in order before we are invested. So you organize this period of preparation into nine days. 
So are these days meant to be taken consecutively um, over the course of just over a week or are they spaced out? What would you recommend? Yep. Yep. So first in, in full uh, disclosure, um, the nine days I, I drafted those, uh, there is no official preparation uh, for investiture of the Brown scapular from, mm-hmm. from the Carmelite order. Uh, I wrote this just because people kept asking for some type of preparation before they were invested. Right. And I chose nine because of that number sacred to us as Catholics because of the, the novena. Right. And um, in terms of how it can be done, uh, in answer to your question, it could be nine consecutive days. And I think for someone who's going to be first invested in the scapular, that, that would might maybe be ideal. But if someone's going to be reinvested devotionally in the brown scapular, or they've already been in scapular, but they just want to kind of go deeper in yeah. their own faith and so on, it could be done weekly or monthly. Um, you know, so if they have a holy hour on Thursday nights, they could do it for nine Thursdays in a row. Or if someone has a first Friday devotion, they could do mm-hmm. it for nine first Fridays and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, so however, uh, it might be able to help someone. I, I, I joke and say the nine days were meant to be a crash course in discipleship because mm-hmm. I, I just used the not the the um, six baptismal promises and just stretched them over nine days oh. and kind of just presented the Christian way of life. So it's kind of a crash course in discipleship. Okay. Yeah, I really like the idea of having this resource available, even for those who have been wearing the scapular for years to make sort of a, a re-devotion or almost like the Marian consecration where you renew it each each year, right? Um, Amen, exactly. So, yes. uh, that's a great idea. So you kind of answered my next question by describing how the book is organized around the baptismal proce- uh, promises. So starting with the first day, baptized in Jesus Christ, and then the second day, renouncing sin, all the way through the eighth, confirmed in the spirit, and the ninth, being invested in the scapular itself. So can you explain a little bit of the importance of this particular order of things and why the soul does the needs to accept these things in this order in order to be prepared? Yes, you know, I realized, uh, Kristen, that a lot of Catholics, uh, you know, just don't fully appreciate the six baptismal promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, pe- you know, a lot of Catholics may not realize that the whole of Lent in large part is actually to prepare them to renew their baptismal promises at Easter. So these promises, of course, were made for us when we were children at our, at our baptism. We renewed these promises every year on the celebration of the Lord's resurrection. We had to renew these promises before a bishop, before he was able to confirm us and, and, and receive the, the Holy Spirit through, through confirmation. So the baptismal promises are, are essential. In the early church, they, they were huge mm-hmm. in terms of the preparation and the identity of the Christian. So uh, part of me, I just wanted to kind of highlight and emphasize the baptismal promises that these six promises, there's three denunciations, three affirmations. So the first three is we, den- we denounce evil, we denounce the allure of evil, we, we denounce the evil one. And then the three affirmations, we affirm God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And I, I wanted to just emphasize those and and remind christians uh, uh, you know in particular catholic christians like how essential and important these promises are and so each of the days that you're describing it just emphasizes using the bible pastoral stories the catechism of the catholic church to just really emphasize and jump into why these promises are so important so that was kind of the background idea uh in terms of using these nine days to to really emphasize about those promises Okay, that makes sense. 
And yeah, I like how each chapter includes these suggested saints, for example, a station of the cross uh, suggestion to meditate on and traditional prayers that all kind of point back to that initial baptismal promise that's being examined for that day. Yes, I, I that part of the, each chapter, I, I just I wanted to flood the reader with as many resources as possible. And I, and I mentioned that not everyone is, is expected to do all of those for each day that each day is that, you know, a person can look and say what resonates with them because, you know, you listed some, I also provide examination of conscience. I go through different prayer forms in our church, like Lexio Divina, composition of place, Pustinia, and, and just, I want to just give as many opportunities as possible to, to the readers that are preparing for investiture or devotional reinvestiture. And I also indirectly want to introduce readers to the beauty and the depth of our spiritual tradition. You know, Kristen, there are still Catholics who do not realize the beauty and the power and the depth of what we have in the spiritual treasure of the church. So I want to emphasize that. Every day, that's for sure. Yeah, especially working here with all of these books, uh, especially reprints that I have never heard heard of before, that there's just so much we could spend the rest of our lives reading about our faith and never exhaust it. So, Amen. Amen. Yes, yes. So say you finish the investiture process, you are invested by a priest in the Brown scapular. What's next? I know you mentioned we only need to be invested once, but are there any responsibilities for the person after they've been invested? Yeah. So, uh, you know, and, and I want to kind of specify a little bit that if someone is invested in a, and they just wear the scapular, uh, that itself is, is, is a noble practice, you know? So, so, if someone's saying, oh, I got to invest, I have to do all this stuff. It's like, you know what? Just begin by wearing the, the scapular itself then at first, if that's where someone is. But eventually, the scapular really leads us to the rosary. Mm-hmm. And and more specifically, normally when you're invested, you pray, you're asked to pray what's called the little office of Our Lady. Mm-hmm. So it's a series of, of set prayers, a little devotional book. But for a lot of people, um, you know, they may not be familiar with that. And, and so in, instead, they can replace that with the praying of the rosary. So mm-hmm. the scapular, the rosary. Uh, also, you know, there's some really beautiful prayers that I, I wanted to put in the book that are associated with the scapular. Uh, there's a really powerful morning offering that can be done where we, of course, offer our whole day to the Lord. And, and as part of the, this particular morning offering, there's a kissing of the scapular just to remind ourselves that you know, that scapular is going to remind us throughout the day of, of this offering that we've offered, that we have given to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that can be as well. And and also I want to mention there's a call to renewed celibacy, uh, I should say chastity according to one state life, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, for the ordained to celibate chastity, uh, to those who are married, marital chastity, uh, those who are single to, to a celibate life. Just be, and I think that the scapular helps with that because we literally wear the scapular on our bodies. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it kind of reminds us. So so there is a call to uh, chastity according to one state in life that also comes with the scapular. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good reminder. And then I know I, <laughs> since the, they sell scapulars where I work, so I'm lucky, I have like a few emergency collections where I'll keep one in my car and, you know, one at my desk, things like that. But one question that I frequently hear come up, and I've heard different answers on this, is what happens if you forget your scapular for the day? Should you panic or are you covered, so to speak, until you can find it again? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that if you forget the scapular one day, uh, you can certainly just say a prayer to your guardian angel, 
and a special prayer to Our Lady, and and I'm sure Our Lady will have us covered. Um, you know, because I think we've all been there. We're maybe preparing for the you know for the day in the morning, or you know, forgetting to put it back on after a shower or something like that. So, right. uh, but I would say we could certainly turn to Our Lady and say, you know, I'm devoted to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we're good to go. <laughs> that makes sense. And yeah, just to comment on what you were saying about how the fact that the, as a sacramental, this is something we physically wear on our bodies. And that's also, I think, ever since I started wearing it, it's such a good opportunity to witness to the faith as well, because people will be like, what is that? Like, what is that a nexus? Like whether you're just, you know, at a social function or go to the doctors or something, it's always some, sometimes the first time people are seeing anything like this. So it's always a conversation starter. Absolutely. And and, I think so much of our our spiritual treasury pertains to our spiritual soul, uh, understandably. The scapular is unique in that, as we're saying, it it literally is worn on our body, so it engages both our bodies and souls. Mm -hmm. So that's a good reminder to us in terms of our consecration to the Lord. And also, as you mentioned, Kristen, it's shocking how oftentimes it does lead to a conversation about the Lord or Our Lady or about the gospel or the church. Uh, so I think that, you know, I'd like to think Our Lady is, is slowly and strategically working in the lives of others, other people uh, through her children who are wearing the scapular. So when we wear the scapular, we're showing our consecration to the Lord and also saying to Our Lady, you you can use me however you want in order to share the gospel of your son. So take it away. <laughs> right, right. You can tell now. That's, that's a great way of framing it. So last question, Father, for anyone who might still be on the fence about this devotional, what encouragement would you give them to get invested and give it a try? Yes, I would just echo the words of St. Paul. Uh, he tells us, clothe yourself in Christ. Mm-hmm. So clothe yourself in Christ. Of course, that means seeking a life of holiness and virtue and, and seeking to imitate the life of Jesus Christ and, and all that we do. And the scapular can be a visible, tangible reminder of that. To every day clothe ourselves in Christ. Don't be afraid of the scapular. It's a reminder. It's a help to us. So St. Paul, clothe yourself in Christ. The scapular, again, can be a great help to be to remember that and, and to fulfill what, what the Apostle is calling us to do. Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, Father Kirby, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, your book has uh, as our listeners may know, is available at sophiainstitute.com. But tell our listeners where they can follow any upcoming work you might have. Yeah, so my, my website, frkirby.com. Uh, I try to put different resources on there and updates. And I'm also on Twitter, uh, the handle at Father Kirby. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Father. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will see you the next time.